now, Faith, Family, and Freedom with Curtis Bowers. He's a husband, father of nine, former state legislator, entrepreneur, patriot, and the producer of the award-winning film, Agenda, Grinding America Down. Hello, this is Curtis Bowers, and hope you'll excuse my horse voice. I've been under the weather a little lately, but boy, is there a lot going on in our country right now. Uh, things that in my lifetime have never happened in probably the lifetime of most people. Just been a crazy time. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the COVID virus and the different angles of this that I think a lot of people aren't looking at or getting overwhelmed by getting too much information on. And just wanted to summarize some key things. Some of the things we'll talk about today is what's going on <laughs> in more detail, specifically what's happening. What protection steps should we be taking? What, what's the wise thing to be doing? Who's in danger of this? Is everybody equally in danger or not? Very interesting unknown facts I found while researching for this I want to share with you. And how could this crisis be used against us? We always have to look at things knowing that everybody in the world isn't good intentioned and see how are they going to try to use this against us? And then some right solutions we should be taking as a country instead of some of the things we're doing right now. And then action steps for individuals on a way they could be doing things to be a blessing to others. So I'm thankful that you've joined me and I hope this will be an educational and encouraging time as we talk about COVID-19. What is going on? COVID-19 came out of course Red China. And whether they let it out on purpose or not, we don't know. But we do know they intentionally let it spread by not telling the World Health Organization and other groups. And they intentionally had you know, New Year's celebrations with thousands of people and silenced any doctor who tried to warn people about it. And so that in itself is almost an act of war, that they knew they were releasing something to the world and weren't concerned about the consequences of that. And they, proof of that is now in some of the communist publications over there, the cartoons showing how the coronavirus has destroyed the stock exchange in America and laughing about that. So they know what they've done. But regardless, that's what's going on. A virus left China and spread throughout the world because of the thousands of people there that were exposed to it and then traveled back to their home countries. What is this virus? Well, a virus is a germ and there's four different types of germs, but this particular type of germ that is a virus, it is not something that is alive, so it can't be killed. Basically what it is in simple terms, as I listen to many experts describe it in detail, it's genetic information wrapped in a shell of protein. Okay, so some of the things that are important to know about that then is this genetic information that wants to, you know, come into your body, it's looking for an opening into our bodies so it can dock with one of our cells and take that cell over and then multiply inside our body to take over enough of the cells where it starts to cause us a problem. And so washing hands breaks down that protein shell and so it just dissolves that genetic information 
Purell. And the alcohol involved in that also breaks down this shell, and so it, it makes it harmless to you then because it, it disposes of the genetic information. So some of those protective steps we should be taking are washing our hands frequently, using things like Purell every time we come in contact with something that might be unclean and carry the virus. And we need to stop, which is a good practice in life anyway, stop touching our face. And many of the doctors that are talking about this are saying 99.9% of the cases are coming from this. People touching the virus on, on another person by shaking hands or on an object where it's sitting, and then they touch their eyes, their nose, or their mouth. And that's how almost all germs and viruses are spread. And so we need to stop doing that. And if we have to touch something like a door or whatever to get in and out, then we just Purell our hands right after that to kill anything that might have got it on there. If we keep the distancing and then wash our hands frequently and don't touch our face, it's almost just zero percentage chance that we'll get this virus. People coughing on you and all that, again, if they're coughing right in your face, yes, there's potential. But the doctors that are working in the wards which with lots of people that, that have this virus, they said from their studies, it is mainly going hand to face, eyes, nose, or mouth to be transmitted to somebody else. You know, who's in danger of this? Does everybody need to be in terror of this? No, it's, it's those, as in most sicknesses and diseases and viruses, those who have immune systems that have been compromised. They can be compromised by sicknesses that you have, uh, diabetes, or being overweight, or having asthma, or emphysema. Or just when you're very old, your immune system doesn't work quite as good as it did when you're young. And so every sickness is a potential problem for you. And those that in general are just sickly, those people need to be careful because this thing is a threat like, like most things are a threat to them at some level. Now a healthy immune system, uh, people with a healthy one, this virus is not a big problem for them. 95% of the cases worldwide, they're saying have mild symptoms. So something that would just be a mild cold-like symptoms or maybe mild flu-like symptoms. So this isn't a threat for just ever, anyone at all. And so people need to be reacting in appropriate measures. Some of the unknown facts that don't seem to be talked about out there as much as they should our own CDC in America says that on an average year, 56,000 people die of the common flu. 56,000 just in America. Okay, most of those people that die from the common flu or the people I just talked about that have immune systems that have been compromised and usually 75 years of age and older. And so that's who need to be careful and, and to stay in, in more and quarantine themselves against this virus. Uh, worldwide, the uh, World Health Organization says that each year, and this is important so that, that this information can't be used against us to keep us in terror, each year 56 million people die, okay, of diseases, of sicknesses, 
of old age, of hunger, things like that. 56 million every year. Okay, that's over 153,000 people die every single day around the world. Okay, that's an important number for some other things I'm going to talk to you about in this podcast because any number sounds huge. When they say 100 people in America have died of something, that sounds huge until you realize, well, wait a minute. We have thousands of people dying every day of something in America. So we need to pull back here and go, is this out of the ordinary? Is this something different or not? But this specific virus, even from their own numbers of the World Health Organization and other groups, they're saying 95% of the people that get this virus have mild symptoms. It's only 5% that have serious or critical type situations. I found something else out that is totally skewing these numbers dramatically. And I found it out by happening to know families that do have this virus. They have all the symptoms and they went to the doctors and went to the emergency room because they were so nervous about it. And when they said, hey, we have all the symptoms of this and we need to be tested, the doctors or whatever said, yeah, you probably do, but you're not in the high risk category. So go home for 14 days and just rest and don't be around other people. And so they weren't tested, so they don't go into the statistics. And that in and of itself so skews these numbers. What it means is probably at least 10 times more people have this than you think, which that sounds bad on the one hand, but that means the death percentage, whatever they're saying it is now, 2%, 3%, 4%, is one-tenth of that in reality because the death percentage they're using is only the percent of people they know have the virus and are dying. And from everything I can gather, they're only testing people that are at high risk, the elderly, the sickly, those that have lung problems already to begin with. So two, three, or 4% of people that already have pre-existing conditions are dying. Well, well, the common flus and colds and things, it's close to that. And people that are already compromised in some way, that, that's what takes most of them out to begin with. And so it's food for thought. This might be spreading to a lot more people but having actually a lot less death happen because of it, because of those numbers. Some other little known facts, as I was listening to a medical doctor explain, he said, we have tests for the coronavirus and we have tests for COVID-19, but the COVID-19 test takes much longer and is more expensive to complete, so it's not being done most of the time. Most people are being given the coronavirus test. And the problem with that is there are so many strains of this virus. I mean, the common cold we get every year is a strain of the coronavirus. So everyone that is sick at all would be test positive for the coronavirus, even if they had just a cold along with whatever their lung disease was or cancer or old age. And so that also skews the number that have this tremendously. 
whoever has immune system that is compromised probably has a cold along with whatever is causing them to be sick, probably has other issues. And so it is the implications of that could be the people that are getting accredited to dying from this might also not be people that are have died from COVID-19. They might have just died from the complications of having another coronavirus in their system along with the other problems they already had. But they statistically are probably going to be put in the category of, oh, they died of COVID-19, which is totally inaccurate and is, again, is making the fear numbers go up and the and the tension worldwide go up. And so anyway, those are some things that people need to think about and be aware of and really dig into and research on their own. And again, it's just it's food for thought, but those facts are important. Now, another fact that has to be factored in, life doesn't change just because there's a crisis going on. In fact, how is this crisis used against us? Well, we know already that the media always exaggerates every situation going on. Why? So you'll stay glued to the set. Because the more you're watching their station, the more they're able to sell the commercials for, which allows them to make more money. So they're always been self-motivated to get you to feel every situation that's happening is a crisis. So they can make money off you from watching 24-7, watching the TV to find out, well, what's the latest number of cases and what else is going on with this? And and so every issue is always exaggerated. And, and you know that's true in your heart because every hurricane that comes along, it starts out in the Gulf or out in the Atlantic and they say, Oh boy, this one looks like it's going to be huge. Uh, the, the loss of life could be tremendous. On and on and on. And then what happens? Most of them, well, they kind of d died down before they hit shore. So nothing really happened. But they had all those days as that hurricane slowly headed toward the United States for you to be fearful, which made you glued to the set, which allowed them to make a lot of money off you. Don't think that the media that doesn't tell the truth about almost anything is going to suddenly be purveyors of just truth when there's a crisis involved. It's a bigger time to tell bigger lies to get more control. And, and we have to know that because we know from the government, they've told us, the Democrats, the establishment Republicans, the globalists, the elitists, they've told us what they do in every crisis. They've told us, don't ever let a good crisis go to waste, okay? And when we know that, then we realize in the midst of every crisis, real or imagined, they're gonna be trying to take huge steps forward to take more ground over us. I mean, look what the Democrats in Congress are trying to add to the bills that are supposed to be helping the chaos created by the virus. I mean, if you just go through some of the things, trying to add a digital currency for the world into it, something they've always wanted to eliminate paper money, which gives them more control over everyone. Diversity on corporate boards. Now every corporation has to have more diversity on their corporate boards, which how does that help the virus or stop the virus or help us in the midst of this problem? Just all these different things. 
it, it, it increases the, the bargaining power for unions. It increases the fuel emission standards on airplanes and vehicles. It imposes requirements on states for early voting. Everyone's got to vote from home from now on, which they love because that can be so easily corrupted with ballot harvesting and everything else. But the list goes on and on. But we, we shouldn't be deceived by that because we realize, oh, that's what they're always trying to do. Whether it was September 11th with the establishment Republicans there to eliminate our, our constitutional freedoms with the Patriot Act or the Democrats. Fear is one of their key weapons always against us. James Clyburn, a Democrat from South Carolina, just recently said the same thing to us. He said, talking to the Democrats, a, tr a tremendous opportunity to restructure things to fit our vision is happening right now. I mean, they, they don't look at it as, hey, this is a crisis and people need help. How can we best meet the needs of the people that are suffering? No, they use the bill not to help the people, but to get more control over the people. And that's what they always do. Remember, they always use people's suffering to gain more power and control over them. And that is Democrats, but also establishment Republicans do the exact same thing. The globalists, the elitist, those that have the same vision for the world. What, what vision is he talking about? A progressive agenda where government takes over every aspect of everyone's life, which gives the politicians and the bureaucrats total control. They pretend to care, of course, because they have to, but all the while making sure the solution to the problem takes more freedom from the people and creates more dependency on them. It is very evil, but that's what they do. And that's why they're always trying to scare us to death with everything, because people that are scared will accept things they never would have accepted if they weren't fearful. We must be aware of this. One of our founders said, those that are willing to trade freedom for security deserve neither. You can never, no matter what the crisis, be willing to give up your freedoms to be safe. Because it doesn't work that way anyway. It doesn't make you safe. The reality is this. What we are doing by quarantining everyone, even the 95 plus percent, this virus is no threat to them at all, is setting up the economic situation in America and worldwide where the crisis that's going to be created from that, the collapse, is going to be a hundred times the devastation that's being created by the virus. And yet we don't even know how much of this is really the virus and how much is it people naively or willfully using the virus to skew numbers, to create fear, which creates the opportunity for total control. I believe Trump's first instinct was right. You cannot shut down the economy for anything. And I think he's getting poor advice from some of the experts, and that's what's causing him to go along with this. The right solution to this problem would be, in America and the world, is to take the, the very small percentage of people like I said before, that are already compromised uh, with their immune systems for pre-existing conditions, and they should be quarantined from the rest of us. And we should make sure, 
like the elderly in the old folks homes, they are safe there. They are having food delivered. They're having things they need, medicines and things delivered there so they can stay out of the general population. Okay. And the rest of the country would keep doing things exactly as normal. But maybe one additional thing they could do is go back to the days of having common courtesy that, that when you are sick, you have a cough, you have a cold, you have a flu, you stay home. That's something that when I was a kid, everybody did because they, they loved their neighbor by going, I can't be so selfish to go to the store or go to work or go to school when I'm sick because it'll just get other people sick and then they have problems. And that's something we've lost in our culture as everyone does exactly what they want to do whenever they want to do it. And if that common courtesy was just brought back, it would stop this virus from spreading near as much as it is but it would also just be something beneficial to all of us in the future. Say the majority of Americans got this virus by just going about business as usual, but washing hands and, and using common courtesy. It's not the end of the world if that even did happen, because then they all build up the 80 to 95% build up an immunity to this. So next time it comes out, it's not going to spread anywhere because everyone's already immune to it because they've had it. That's the best way to build up the herd immunity. It's not with vaccines. It's not with, with uh, doing what we're doing now where everyone's still going to be susceptible to this in the future when it comes out again, which it will, or if it doesn't ever go away, which it won't. If 95% of the people don't get this and get immune to it, it'll constantly be a threat from here on out, which they want it to be. They want to transform the world with this virus to have total control of economies, total control of healthcare, total control of you as individual people, where they could put you on house arrest whenever they want by saying the virus is spreading. You cannot leave your homes. Again, don't be so naive to think a liar is going to start telling the truth in the midst of a crisis. We need to focus on just protecting those that are in compromised situations while everyone else goes about business as usual so the economies of the world don't collapse, which guarantees, if it does, it guarantees millions and millions will die. You will see over the next few years the millions that are going to die because of the economic collapse worldwide. And the elitists know that's going to happen from this strategy. And they know that with that crisis, they're going to be able to step in and implement worldwide controls and ways of doing things that they would never have been able to implement of shared prosperity, of socialist programs. And that's what they want. And we can't submit to this. We have been able to make it through many, many different things over the centuries and over the millennia. And we cannot capitulate to this right now. The amount of money our government would have to spend to protect the, primarily the elderly and those in compromised situations would be a fraction of what they're spending now to just put a Band-Aid on a problem that's continuing to be exacerbated by the continuation of stopping the world from being productive. You cannot do that. You cannot do that without there being devastation worldwide. And here's what's amazing. Most elderly 
are already on fixed income. So this doesn't hurt them economically like it does the families. This is stopping all the healthy young people that would not have issues if they even got this virus. They would have mild symptoms, 95% plus of them would have mild symptoms if they even caught this, but they could keep working and making money to take care of their families and to keep the businesses going and keep the airlines going and keep things going. And yet we're stopping everyone from being productive to protect the few percent. And we, our government could have just spent a fraction of what they're going to spend to put a hedge about those people, which would be important to do, but keep the the grinding wheels of free enterprise moving forward so this isn't de devastating to everyone, which it's going to be now. Everyone is going to suffer because of what the, the approach we're taking to this, and it has to be stopped, and that would be the right solution to this problem. Again, if we continue to quarantine all 330 million people in America, even those that are not at risk, even those that are not susceptible to having this be a problem of any significance to them. Well, if that keeps happening, then in the midst of problems, we need to continue sharing the gospel with those that are so afraid, uh, being calm, happy, and kind, being focused on looking again after those that, that need help, and then being wise to be building our own immune systems through eating healthy, and, and taking necessary steps. But we cannot allow those that hate freedom, hate America, <laughs> hate that we are so prosperous and blessed. We can't allow people that want to destroy all that to use a crisis, whether it's this one that's real or those that are imagined to use that against us and against our neighbors. We have to stand up. We have to educate. I hope you'll spread this podcast to everyone you know, that they'll listen to the end. They'll understand what is happening and what is happening does not need to be happening and that they will be free from the fear, from the crisis that is being exacerbated every day by the actions that are being taken and wake those up because as America crumbles, it's not just us. It's the rest of the world, too. All the poor countries that, that count on selling things to us, count on, on being able to be productive, it's going to move them from hunger to starvation. And you will see in the coming months what's already been done in just the couple months of shutting things down is going to be devastating to the world and to America. And we've got to stop it and say no more. And... Again, we need to get back to the day of where we love our neighbor. We stay home when we're sick. We, we uh, wash our hands out of common sense and common courtesy to others. But we're always as productive as we can be with the hope that we will be blessed to make more than we need so we can share it with others willingly. We can bless our own families and we can be an example to the world of what a free country looks like that is able to receive the reward of their hard work and productivity. Thank you for listening. Please share, please subscribe, and please remember, we're not supposed to be fearful of anything except God. And he is going to use this, and we need to be praying that he does, 
to turn people back to him, to turn people back to the simple life of realizing the things we have been given, like our families and friends, they're priceless. And the material possessions that we waste so much of our time earning beyond what we need really don't have that much value in the scheme of things. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to subscribe to Faith, Family, and Freedom with Curtis Bowers, sharing the weekly podcasts with like-minded family and friends. 